millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode 28 of Black Hole Cinema. I'm your host of this evening, Emma Platt. I'm joining me tonight are Leslie Pitt. Hello. And Chris Byrne. Hello. And this week, we're going to be talking about some of the films that we didn't get to cover last week because obviously we had the quiz. Um, we'll be talking about... Which the we viewing, won. Which we friggin' slaughtered them. Well, on. you did, really. I... I couldn't have done it without your help. You, were my, you're like <laughs> you, my... you pretty much did, but... I... <laughs> Uh, we're going to be talking about the remake of Poltergeist and the George Clooney Disney kind of summer blockbuster, I guess, um, Tomorrowland. And then moving on to Simon Pegg's new rom-com, Man Up, and Dwayne Johnson's San Andreas. So to start off with, we're going to be talking about Poltergeist. I think there's a storm coming. Stop being such a baby, Ribbon. Poltergeist is a remake of the 1980 film with the same name. Originally, um, I believe it was produced by Steven Spielberg, the original. Yeah, it's that's, basically, that's right, yeah. It was, I think it was a 12 as well, or a PG, the original. It, it's not. A... It was one of the things, I think, in, in, the, in the States it was a PG, but over here it was a 15. It was kind of like that time where like a 12 didn't exist. So oh, yeah. So there was a bit of a bit of discrepancy, there was a bit of a, a drop. So... Um, <laughs> So it's like, you know, like, that's why, like, in the, like things like Spielberg, they like Indiana Jones and uh, things like that, people, like, those PG films of people like, that's a little bit hard, that those faces melting off, that kind of, <laughs> that, that kind of thing, for be a kid's film, so, um, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those type of films. But this yeah. one is a 15 now, which I'm not even sure why. But... No, it's, it's not, because I was thinking about this before, I mean, it's not, it's not particularly scary, it's not gruesome or anything. It's What's the original? T- yeah, the original. I mean, I didn't find that the remake right. really scary either. But you can definitely tell how they've tried to make it more, make it make it darker. You know, make it more sinister. Um, it's your typical. It it doesn't. The remake doesn't stray too much from the original. It's your typical haunted house. Family move into a a new house. Strange things start to happen. They've got a cute little daughter who gets sucked into the TV essentially and it turns out the house is buried on it, it's built on an old Indian burial ground in the original and then this one it's just an old cemetery with a lot of horror remakes my, it, it's just remaking it for the sake of money it, it's not to add anything new I mean it's not like if you compare 
if you talk about the, the horror remakes, which I, I rate, and I, I don't know about you two, but talk about the fly, um, the yeah. thing. I really mm. enjoyed the Dawn of the Dead remake and the Evil Dead remake, which don't stray too much from the original, but they, they kind of had something new in, like with the Dawn of the Dead remake, you had you running zombies and that kind of thing. This, it, it's, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing particular, particular about it that stands out. It's really, I don't know, it, it kind of reminds me in some ways of Insidious. I think it's, it's kind of taking its cues from that and Paranormal Activity were in, in tone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I agree uh, with you. I mean, it does it does go in the sort of same... It does the same, same trapping of horror remake, B kind of thing. It just feels like, oh, yeah, but we've seen it all before. Like, oh, like it feels like yeah, we want to sort of take our cues from the original, but we've like, okay, but we've seen the original and it's more effective with the original. Mm. Give us something new. I mean, there were certain things in it I thought it was... I think it. I thought it was better than I thought it was, but I was going in with low expectations. It was heightened uh, mainly by the the actors, particularly you know Sam Watwell's always good. And yeah, he added like some sort of oh, I like Sam Watwell, and he he had like a nice sort of personality too. All the other actors were actually quite decent, but there was no scares whatsoever. Um, there was it just felt very plain and just very it it, it was. One of the worst things I can say about it, it just felt like it was, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's very flat. That's kind yeah. of how I thought about it. It's, and this is the, I've talked about the horror films a couple of times on, on the podcast because I do enjoy horror films. I did my bachelor's dissertation on horror films, my master's dissertation is going to be on horror films. So I, I do enjoy them, but they're just, they're so cheap. They're so cheap to, to make. They're always going to make the money back. I mean, out of all the horror films I've looked at... They've got a hardcore fan base. I mean, that's the thing with the remakes yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, when I worked in the cinema, you, any any horror film, no matter how crappy it was, was always going to be sold out on a Friday and Saturday night, no matter what. And, like I said, they always make money. And it's it's just easy. And I, I understand where the studios are coming from to an extent because you don't want to pour your money into something original, which might not work, but they'd rather spend it on something that's already been done that they know they're going to get the investment back on. It's the name, isn't it? It's more of a marketing ploy. Um, yeah. To, to, that's why these remakes get remade. It's like, it's not really thinking, it's not really thinking about like, oh, well, remakes doing really well. It's just, it, it's just like, well, we can stir up publicity to get people bum bummed on the seat. So it's like, a brand, if you will. That's why we keep seeing remakes. It's like, oh, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah. And it goes, oh, remember those? And it, st- it stirs up. Even even if it's like, even if you like, dare I say, remake something like The Exorcist or, um, the, Exorcist or um, the Shining or or whatever. Or ha- oh, I was going to say Halloween, but that's already happened. Fuck. Even like, <laughs> like Jaws. <laughs> but, like, um... I expect them to remake Jaws with a big CGI. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jaws would be like the ultimate, <laughs> I think. If it, like, I think just the sheer fact of like how much of a stir it'll cause would be like marketing gold. Would that, yeah. that would be like even if it turns out to be absolute pap and like it's in in the people only going to see it for like one week. That that's like to the studios that'll be worth just doing that. You know. What yeah. I mean? So. And I mean, I think horror. I think horror and comedy are probably the two hardest things to get right because not everyone finds the same thing funny and not every time everyone finds the same thing scary mm. so you're not going to get something that universally appeals to everyone but like you said it's more just about the brand now especially I think with like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films when I was growing up and when I very first started getting into horror films and like reading about them 
I remember reading about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like it was banned and it, it's a horrible film. And like the exes, the exes, it's evil and all mm. this kind of hype. And that's what you remember. And I there think was, there was a certain sort of like the, the, the sheer fact of thinking about watching it was scary enough. Yeah. Well, my mum, my mum, my mum is Catholic. She's very deeply Catholic. And she told me she went to see the exes like four times. And she couldn't get through it. And she sat with the Bible under her bed and things like that. And she said there was actually nuns outside the cinema mm. blessing people on the way in. And part of me now thinks, was that a marketing stunt by someone? Or was it actually <laughs> just this whole like hyper? And my mum, even now to this day, will not let me have, I'm not allowed to buy The Exorcist on Blu-ray and bring it into the house. She will not let me. It's It's an evil film to her. And when I eventually watched it, when I was younger, I was like, this is going to be really scary. And I didn't find it really scary but i appreciate it from on a on a different level you know yeah. i do enjoy it and it's it, one of my favorite horror films it makes me laugh films. when people when they have that reaction i mean i think it's close to william freaking but the thing about the exorcist uh i'll just point out the fact that we're actually off for talking about other films rather than the Exorcist than the poltergeist remake <laughs> now but but uh i think that's just, i think that's um just showing the quality of the film there, yeah though. well it's just like yeah whatever <laughs> um, but the thing about the Exodus is actually it's pro religion, it's pro faith. Yeah. It's actually you know you think you you think that um, priests and nuns or religious types would kind of would kind of get behind it because it's a film where the priests are the good guys. Yeah, it's it's like it, it, it's literally as black and white as that. I mean, yes, there are others, there's tons of other stuff thrown in it, but that is the the black and whiteness. It is good versus evil. It's you know it's 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 about faith. It's about all these other these things, and it's you know it's I I, I think it's one of the, the best horror films ever made. But I yeah, so it makes me laugh when they kind of go oh it's evil because I think it's, it's I think it's down to the effect of of the time, the yeah. shock value, uh, and how good of actual film it was. I mean, uh, well probably at that time now our senses are kind of we've seen it all now, so it's not going to have that effect ever yeah. again. But... Going back to Poltergeist. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it, I mean, that was my fault. I went off topic then. Um, it's like you said, I think the what really elevates this a little bit is the acting. Like you said, I when I was, I was like, is that Sam Rockwell? Like, I couldn't believe that Sam Rockwell was in a remake of Poltergeist. But I, I had really low expectations for yeah. it. And, um, and the director of Monster House, which uh, apparently... Yeah. I mean, I've not seen Monster House, but I, I hear good things, but you think of like, kind of like a kind of a kind of kiddie horror sort of centric sort of director would be like, oh well, this, this should be kind of interesting but yeah you know it's it just felt very much i mean i could see that they did try to make it a different film which is one of my things for if you're going to remake something then take the general premise and just make a different film from that they, they shifted things like this really the main character is the son yeah and it's about him like overcoming his fear uh, which I kind of thought, okay, well, I could see that you've kind of you've done something different, but it again, it was just it just wasn't effective enough, wasn't scary enough. Like the, there were certain things that it just felt like with the, with the clown, yeah, and the, that... and the lights and the and the portal, putting the portals and things like that. It just felt very like okay, well, you see you've updated certain things, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's like you said about the clowns, like the clown doll is probably the thing I remember most from the original besides the whole they're here thing you know it's and it's like they that's talk... nothing they had to add like the girl say they're here and yeah. it just felt like oh well there it is yeah yeah why that's that's the that's me take a pay for you know what i mean that thought that like the clown as well do you want the poster they it's like they took a demon clown doll directly from hell and it's so not subtle it's like this is an evil clown this is an evil doll it's possessed <laughs> it's like no one in the right face. mind would get that clown <laughs> no but i mean 
clowns are freaking terrifying anyway really aren't they <laughs> I mean, put a clown in anything and i'm like that's evil it's definitely evil. so but yeah it, i mean it's it's okay it's just it's just average but i kind yeah, of I mean, like i, I feel like they just yeah i think feel like they set out to just make an okay film it, you know you get for some money you pay the bills and that's it and fair enough but i want you know start doing something innovative with the genre the genre is, to me, it just seems like the genre is really suffering lately. And I want, like, It Follows, I haven't seen that yet. But that was different. And The Babadook, I really enjoyed that. So that's why I want someone to do something like that. I think the problem with a lot of fil- um, a lot of horror films is once a trend gets um, established, people follow the trend so much. I mean, I, I have not seen Poltergeist as of yet, but the... The fact that they, they, like you guys have said, have used the clown so much in the marketing, so much in in the actual film itself. And it looks very much looking like something out of The Conjuring or Annabelle. It, it just kind of annoys me because you kind of know what kind of film you're in, you're in for. And I think one of the reasons why The Babadook and It Follows were so interesting in terms of my tastes was because they completely bucked, uh, bucked a trend. There was nothing that... There's no horror film that looks like it follows. Um, and it's the same with The Babadook, which is really stark and, you know, kind of a terrifying film because it, it, it fo- focuses so much on its character um, and and the problems that, that, that are facing the, the characters. And it goes back to what you were saying about The Exorcist as well. I mean, one of the reasons why I think these uh, these horror films work so well is because their focus on character is so strong that you, you start to believe in those people and you want to see them pull through. Um, and I think that's one of the issues that we have, I, I have with a lot of remakes and a lot of m- modern horror films in general anyway. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, especially in the slasher genre now, you I go there and I go watch a, a slasher film, it could be a remake, and I'm just picking out me and my boyfriend play Who's Gonna Die First? Who's going to die next? Because they might as well just have numbers stamped on the forehead. Characterization is so thin on the ground because it's just about gore and shock and scares and you can't develop a deep connection with these characters because you don't give a shit about them. Because you want to see them die. You want them to die in horrible ways because they've given you absolutely no reason to care about them whatsoever. Mm. But it puts bums on seats and that's all they care about. Well, you know, when these these horror films and comedies, one of the reasons why they, they... they're hard to make, but one of the reasons why people want to always hit home with them is because they're so cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm guessing, I'm guessing Poltergeist can't be any more than twenty million, um, and it's probably going to make its its money back once it goes, you know, once it goes worldwide. I know it hasn't done too well, and I know there's been kind of reactions to it. Um, especially involving the, the its remake, allegedly, there was a rumor, and I don't believe this um, in in general, but there was something going around, basically stating that what they were seeing from Poltergeist in terms of the marketing and and the the box office has made them very very sniffy about what was going on. But that's that's really strange because it is such a. I mean, I just finished the book it this week, and mm. I I've only. <laughs> I don't remember the original like mini series or the you know the made for TV movie very well, but it's it's like it that's it's kind of strange because it's it's like a totally different monster, isn't it? Really, I mean not the actual monster monster, but you know in terms of like the yeah. type of film they're trying to make. So that that's really 
quite sh- surprising to me. And I was really the oh, who did he cast as the clown? Does anyone remember his name? Uh, Will oh, Porter. I was really looking forward to you know seeing him take on Pennywise mm. because the Tim Curry version is obviously it's so iconic and it's so from what I remember just so messed up and it was really looking forward to that. So I hope it hasn't been cancelled completely. Well, I don't, I don't know. You never know with these things, but I just I find I find it so I find it so strange. But I think that's the problem with when it go when horror film goes down the studio route. Um, there's so many fingers in pies. I think it's the same with Poltergeist. I mean, why would you make a? Why, I I still find it very strange. Why would you make a Poltergeist movie? I think the original still so good um it's it's an effective film it's one of those great my first horror film films to go and watch because it's just scary enough to you know um that it might you know creep out the kids and and everything else like that but it's not scary enough that you know that will fully traumatize someone and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of spielberg in tone in there as well um you know he actually really directed it because it was like he was filming that that was that's being filmed at the same time as E.T., but like he just basically got like Toby Hooper who did Chainsaw Massacre to come on like yeah it's kind of just oh you oversee everything but there was kind of a lot of confusion like because he was on set quite a lot of time or or yeah or just the time that like, is Spielberg actually really directing this can you can you actually look at it you can actually see this is what Spielberg really wanted you know so yeah. that yeah I, I, you know you, it you're does right look like there. a Spielberg film like from the from the get from the get go it's like if Spielberg made a straight up horror film horror this film. is this is what it is yeah and i think that's one of the problems what i you know this one of the reasons why I, i'm not particularly interested in going to watch poltergeist because one the one thing about spielberg whether he or Ho, uh, hooper you know did the film or not yeah. there is a tone there there is something interesting about that tone there's something very very almost unique about that tone and how it presents the family and how you know how it presents tv as a necessary evil coming you know that you know that came out around the same time as videodrome and and you know gave that sense of tv and the screens are evil and we look at it now and people will complain about the fact that you know flat flat screen tvs don't have white noise so yeah. what's the point <laughs> you know i think you know we've grown up and we're a bit more cynical now and I, I, I would really like to see, you know, I think our horror, you know, our horrors have changed everything, you know, what we, what we watch and what we, we're more fearful in this day and age is just a little, is, is a tad different. I mean, you know, it's great that, um, Emma, you brought up the Babadook. I mean, one of the reasons why that's so good is, you know, it's ultimately telling a similar story about, you know, a, a, a loss of, you know, of this child and you know um family bond and relationship and everything else like that but it's a darker story it's it's the idea that maybe this poor mother made a mistake with the kid and maybe doesn't want to have the kid anymore um and you know with something like poltergeist is there anything like that in here is there anything you know that dark. It doesn't even. You know. No, it... they're, no. They're, they're they're struggling. They're like they've got no money, but like that's about it. You know, the father's just bought a house and looking for a job, and the wife goes, "Should I get a job?" He's like, "No, you said you wanted to write, so you you go and do your book." And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> you think, well, you think, well, maybe you should for, for a year or so, <laughs> but you know. 
I think it's interesting what you were just saying, Liz, about how we're more cynical now and our horrors have changed. And I think I think I've spoken about this before. I think as, as you grow up and you grow older, what you find scary is different. Like I always say, before I had my son, being attacked in the street and being stabbed or something was like the scariest thing in the world to me. But now. I don't worry so much about my own mortality. I worry about my son. Like, if something were to happen to him, like, things beyond my control, you know, if he was to get sick or he was to get knocked over by a car, and to lose my son and for me to have to carry on living, that is the scariest thing in the world to me. So when, like, when I was watching Baba Duke and I was watching this mother who seemed to be unable to love her son, that was scary to me on a different level. So, but like you said, Baba Duke, it's there's so many levels to it, and this is just what you see is what you get. It's vanilla, it's vanilla horror, and that's it. And that's the worst kind of horror. <laughs> it really is. Because it, it, it's like, because like you kind of wish it was kind of just flat out just terrible, because that would engage some sort of reaction or engage something about it. But yeah, and I think that's everything we need to say about that. Yeah. So next, we are going to discuss Tomorrowland. When I touched this pen, I saw this place. Someplace amazing. And it felt like anything was possible. And then it was gone. What do you want? I want you to take me to the place I saw when I touched this. Where'd you get that? I know that you were there. Who are you, kid? They followed you here. John Francis Walker, you are now harboring a fugitive element. Release her to our custody. You have one minute to go fly. I really want to watch this. I... (laughs) I get the sense that I haven't seen it, but I kind of just feel like everything I need to know is in the trailer. Like, then that's it. Like, the trailer. Mm. Does anyone else think the trailer was like really long, like stupidly long for a film? Well, no. I think I've only seen the teaser, so therefore I'm still kind of left in the dark about what the film, you know, what the film will entail. And you know, it's 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 Brad Bird. It's an original. Um, it's an original film in terms of you know original original product not based on anything else so i'm very very interested to see well it's based um, on the see... disney theme park isn't it oh in epcot yeah, this yeah. Is Tomorrowland, okay. it? i think that's where the big golf ball is you know in the app what you see yeah that i think that's Tomorrowland. but this i went to disney many many years ago now so chris give us the lowdown on Tomorrowland. well Tomorrowland. well basically Tomorrowland is basically set on the disney I'm not sure. Is it a theme park ride or actual like a? I think it's it's an it's an area. Yeah, I I think I believe there's a a ride called like the Age of Tomorrow or something Mm. like that. But but this is going back many many years, so there might be an actual Tomorrowland ride now. But it's definitely an area there. Because I do remember going, but it was back in 1995 or something. Uh, So my memory is sketchy at best, but. for what I remember, well, basically from the film, it's essentially that the idea of like the fifties, like America in the fifties, their idea of like the future technology, when it's like this kind of like idealist sort of everything, shiny chrome, uh, these fantastical ideas, 
brought to, uh, brought to light, and essentially the plot follows Britt Robinson's character, who plays like a 16, 17-year-old uh, girl whose father's working in NASA, and uh, she has big big dreams. She keeps asking questions like, well, how, how come everyone knows what's going wrong with the world, but no one's doing anything about it? And she finds this, basically, one, one day she gets arrested and for trying to sort of get into NASA, uh, and then she finds this pendant on the on the way out of jail, and she touches it, and she like sees like there's this cornfields everywhere. She gets transported to a land. She's like, "What the fuck?" She freaks out, and so she tries to investigate more. She basically meets this uh, girl who's actually a robot. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but over there she meets George Clooney, and then they do, she learns about Tomorrowland, and it, it, basically the, the film is kind of. It reminded me very much of Spielberg uh, in that kind of Brad Bird kind of Pixar kind of... I'm trying to find the best way to describe it because it does have big dreams. It does have good vision, but it doesn't quite tie together as well. It kind of got mixed reviews, I've noticed, from a lot of people. A lot of people saying either they loved it or a lot of people saying, oh, it's a big pile of crap. And I can kind of see arguments for both. I'm kind of in the middle. I kind of think it, it has the best intentions in the world and it reaches for the stars it doesn't quite get there but you kind of like think well god bless you for trying um it's really nice to see george clooney in a kind of big budget kind of blockbuster type film because I, I was thinking i don't think he's done that much really if you know black motions 11 or things like that and but... batman and robin is it batman and robin <laughs> that Which might got... that might be why he's not a big maybe <laughs> <laughs> That might be why, but it was really nice to see him. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice performances. Uh, but it, it just didn't hang as well as I liked. It felt like it kind of was. It was getting too tied up with referencing to, like things in Tomorrowland rather than get its point across, which was very much of a point of like, well, let's stop being negative. Let's stop being positive. Let's get back to that idealized world where we start thinking about solutions, you know, rather than dwelling on the problems that are happening, you know. It's like, I think it's very much the, the whole theme of the film is, well, you know, the polar caps are melting, we're trashing the environment, but no one's doing fuck all about it. And so, why don't, why don't, why don't we know these things and why does it keep happening? It's that kind of, that, it, it tackles that kind of issue and I think it, 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 you know, God bless it for trying, but it doesn't quite get there, but there is a lot to like about it. The visuals are, stunning in it it has a lot of ideas uh at times it's fun but i think it just stumbles on the way yeah i think that's what i've been hearing a lot about it i mean i i like the whole the tomorrow lands like like you said like the 1950s version of what the future would be like because i love all that kind of thing junior mm. like i used to see these adverts on television and it was like the world of tomorrow and they were like from the 50s and it was like by 1970 we'll all have flying cars and that kind of thing yeah. and i love seeing that and i did think I mean, I've only seen the extended trailer. The visuals looked really good. And my boyfriend really wanted to see it. And I was like, there's just something about it that doesn't... It's just not getting my interest. But then again, I guess I'm not really to target audience. Is I have to ask this out. Is Hugh Laurie the villain? Yeah, he is. I knew it. It has a few things that, that do niggle me. I mean, like, throughout the film, you have these kind of robots that turn up and they just start blasting like humans because they've seen too much. And they kind of like they're after they're after like Britt Robertson and they're after her robot friend and they're after George Clooney, and then 
they get to Tomorrowland and they're not even seen, heard of, or mentioned again, and they meet you, Hugh Laurie, and Hugh Laurie's like, oh, yeah, you're from, like, like oh, yeah, old friend, you've, yeah, I excited you before, but, uh, blood, well, let's show you, show you it all, and now fuck off, because I'm actually, be, I'm actually the bad guy. I'm actually not going to do anything about it. And it, it just, and I felt like, hang on, so, did you send those evil robots to kill them? In that case, why did you, why you just, it just didn't hold tight. Like, what about the evil robots? What, what What's going on here? It... Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Just... It was just little things like that, and it just felt like it just it, the script just needed like editing a little bit. I think if it was shorter, I think if it was just like just got to the crux of the story, you know, rather than kind of like maybe do a Disney tie-in to too many sort of to Tomorrowland itself, really, maybe. But you know, but end of the day, it, it's entertaining enough. I mean, it, it, I wasn't bored throughout any of it. It just didn't. It just didn't hold together as much as it should have done, which is a shame. I kind of get the impression that this is like, it's not going to make too much money. I mean, it's obviously going to make money because it's Disney. But I mean, when you think about what's coming out in the next couple of weeks, like Jurassic World and yeah. the Minions movie, because I, I, I mean, I get the sense it's aimed at children. I just don't. I, and I mean, obviously, Minions and Jurassic World have got previous films to go on and that kind of thing. But it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's going to grab a lot of children's attention. Obviously, it's like it's bright and it's flashy and that kind of thing, but I just yeah, I think that's you know without sounding condescending, I think there's just too many cogs in the wheel to get a children's like attention span going. It's just, yeah, it's just gonna be like well, there's no, there's enough flashy things in it, but the heart the story's not gonna click with them. They're not yeah. gonna like. It sounds like it falls into like this really weird place where it's too complex for kids and it's not there's not enough to hold an adult's attention because I mean a really successful kids movie I mean and I'm talking because I've watched SpongeBob SquarePants movie six times in the last week <laughs> is that it needs to have something for both I mean because obviously kids will get into this we'll watch the same thing over and over again Freddie went through it with Wreck-It Ralph when he's going through it with SpongeBob SquarePants and he's just started with the DuckTales movie so <sighs> I saw that when I was ill that was the first film I ever saw on the pictures ever. Was uh, Treasure of the Lost Lamp? I, I remember. I remember going to the pictures and watching seeing that for the first time. Uh, but yeah. if if it doesn't hold your interest as an adult, then I mean that's when you get this crossover. The 
generational crossover if you look at like the pixar movies and stuff i'll still put like up on when i'm on my own yeah or wally things like that because it's kind of there's more to it you know but it just kind of sounds like this is well i think i think i think what it comes down to and i think it just go this goes for whether you're a kid whether you're an adult if it's a good story that's told well and there's nothing wrong with the what this story is trying to achieve but it's just it just kind of just stumbles along the way it kind of rambles at times rather than just flows like coherently and that's that's its problem it doesn't it doesn't just sort of it just rambles through certain parts and at moments it's really good and then it sort of stops and fumbles about going like oh well what about this oh, blah 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 and then, then, then there's like a bit of action set piece and you think oh okay this is good oh no it fumbles again it i think that's where it's falling down that's where it's going to lose its energy if it was a bit smooth if it was something long key like 90 minutes long it would probably hold up better and i think kids would and adults would take to it a lot more it doesn't seem like Disney have had much luck with kind of the live action films lately. I mean, if you think about like the last couple of Pirates of the Caribbean's film and they did uh, <clears throat> John Carter as well. It's um Well the Pirates the Pirates have always done well. I it was Pirates Four wasn't the like the worst one by any means, but it did definitely They did well at the box office though, didn't they? They always done yeah, well. Yeah. I mean the, I don't know, it's just I, I agree in, in quality, yeah. Not yeah, so much, in quality, but, that's yeah. what I mean. Sorry. But, uh, I meant I meant in quality. Yeah. Um because obviously Pirates, the first one, was hugely successful. And then there was immediate drop in quality. But people will just keep going back. I mean, yeah. that's why people end up seeing all four Transformers films. Yeah. Because... Well, it's, it goes back to that remake thing. It's a brand. Once you establish a brand, you can market it. So, yeah. so like, people will turn up to see Transformers. People will turn up to see Pirates because it's it's back to what they know. It's a familiar thing. It's like, it's like oh, we've seen that. And they just kind of watch, they watch Hangover 2 and 3 and... For if they make one, you know they'll they because it, it's just familiar ground. They, they, oh, I'll, I'll like the first one. I'll like the second one. Oh, I'll like the second one. I'll do the third one. You know, it's that kind of. Well, that's my theory anyway. But I just believe that um, we're all horrible liars when it comes to the idea of we want original product. Um, we actually kind of want the same <laughs> thing again and again and again constantly. Well, um, well, I'm fair, never really there's surprised. Only, there's only so much amount of stories we can tell, you know. I mean, even in branding and everything else like that. Yeah. Um, you, I, you know, there's only allegedly seven stories that we can tell anyway. But when it, when you know, when I, I've been the amount of times I've turned around and people bemoaning remakes and and everything, and and then they don't go and see or they dislike anything that is quote-unquote original or based on something yeah you think that something different is like oh it's different why it's a bit weird wasn't it what, what yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I, I, I completely get what you're saying i mean i i, I personally when it comes to that i i do think i'd much prefer why, what's wrong with just ripping something off it's like with like with ghostbusters <laughs> like why do you have to call it ghostbusters why can't you just rip ghostbusters off just say yeah ripping ghostbusters off but we're making it for, with women is dead oh okay fine so then you're not actually tied to ghostbusters you can actually do your own thing. You're not trapped in that commodity, but you just go, yeah, we're just ripping off. We're ripping off the idea, you know, because that's what everyone does anyway. So I just call it what it is. And in that case, you kind of free yourself up to do something else. You don't have to like, well, we have to have the same things in it because, you know, it's, it gets a, it ties you down somewhat. It's one of the things that's, um, Scott Mendelson, um, who's a 
who's a blogger for um, Forbes, I think he is. Um, he's, you know, one of the things he turned around and said, there's no point in this new Point Break remake is because it's already been remade completely by different movies and one of them was Fast and Furious. Yeah. Mm. There's no real need for it. You can just take the original material and rearrange it and just, you know, add something different. I mean, there was a reason why High Concept went, you know, did so well in the 80s because it was just die-hard honour, die-hard honour, <laughs> die-hard honour. Yeah. And you could do so many different things and that's why you, you know you came up with speed and everything else like that it was just rearranging the materials you know getting back to the point i mean one of the things that we have and i think we have an issue now is something like tomorrowland comes out and people are very skeptical about them about it um and i haven't seen it yet so i haven't i can't really i can't really judge but i'm really really interested to see what happens yeah. what and what why it's failed I, um, I, I think it's definitely worth watching it's definitely worth Taking time, going to see it, even if it's just for like the visuals, which I think deserve to be on a bigger screen. Uh, but it, it, there is a lot. It does a lot of interesting stuff. It just doesn't all work. But I, I rather have that than something like mediocre, like Poltergeist. You know what I mean? No, that, play, that plays it safe. I rather it t- a film takes chances and fail rather than kind of just play it safe and just be like, yeah, all right, you know. Mm, definitely. Next, we're going to be talking about Simon Pegg's new movie. Man up. You can do this. Hi, I'm Nancy. This year, you're going to put yourself out there. Take chances. Be more deviant. Engage with life. Hey, oh my God. You should really think about reading this. I would lend you my copy, but I need it for my date. It's how we're going to recognise each other. Oh, it's a satire. <laughs> it may always work. I do think you should read it. It was an international bestseller. So is the Da Vinci Code. Oh, another excellent book. Not, not an excellent book. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I am waiting for you. <laughs> so, you're a triathlete. Mm-hmm. Just got to regularly carb up. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want kids. I'm not like freaking out about it yet. Why would you? You're 24. Is this a romantic comedy? Because it's kind of marketed like one. Yes. But I kind of got the sense there's going to be maybe something more to it because it's Simon Pegg and I expect more from Simon Pegg than just a romantic comedy. Does he deliver? Yes, he does. Though I would say it's really Lake Bell's film. Is it? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, it was one of the weird things where I watched the film and he, he was the first credit that came up and I was, thinking, I was thinking, really, I kind of got the gist that it was, she was the lead in the film. And she is. She is the main character. Based, it basically is a romantic comedy with a kind of a modern cynical twist to it. Uh, she plays someone like a 34-year-old who's like typical unlucky in love and now he's kind of come cynical about it she's like oh, you know i can't half time i can't be bothered i've really you know most of the time it just doesn't work i'm kind of just yeah whatever she's kind of smart she's she's down of a geek culture kind of thing she's like she knows about wall street and saturn science of lambs and basically one that she's she's on a on a train she she meets a other a, a lover bond i think it is and she's off to meet a, a blind date she's going to spot him by reading this book it's like, which i don't know something about positivity and some shit like that um, <laughs> I, 
I, I, I, I forget what, but she basically they're going to meet by because they're both both going to be holding this book at twelve or something, and she leaves the book for her because she was she quite negative. She goes, oh, actually, no, I'm going to do something nice. I'll leave the book there for her. I'm picking up a book and the thing, and she, in in an attempt to try and catch up with her to give her the book back, she bumps into Simon Pegg, who is the blind date, and instead of saying no, I'm not the blind date. I'm trying to give this book back. She she kind of goes, okay, yes, I'm her. And then hilarity issues. I actually quite like this film. It was quite enjoyable. One of the things, I, it one of the things I did like was it's it's kind of smart. It's saying it's ninety minutes, so it doesn't sort of drag like most comedies do. It kind of it knows knows to get in there and get the fuck out. Um, Late Bell is. Really, really good. Doing like, like incredibly good English accent. She's American, and you you would never mm. even know. She did the film called In the World, which I don't know if anyone's seen. But uh, if you have... I haven't seen In the World, I have seen her in um, Black Rock, oh, which yes. is on Netflix. Yes, um, and I really, I kind of really enjoyed that. It was interesting little um, horror film there. So yeah, she, she's. She's like really, she's really like quite a, a good screen presence and kind of likable and and kind of kooky without being irritating. Uh, it, it's it, you know the the premise does lead to be a bit oh come on, but then I think it kind of carries carries itself away just by subtly. Like I mentioned, Science Science of Lambs, you 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 think you know you think oh come on, no, like no one would ever say no no one ever would just go with it. You would say sorry, I'm not the date, I'm not your your blind date or whatever, but that. Where they subtly hinted the fact that he's he said like a reference, which the film's already established that she's she kind of got into it, that she kind of got oh I actually might like this guy, and it kind of that kind of you know you, you got that like way your brain worked and kind of clicked and went along with it, and that's how you start you start a film. So uh, yeah, it's it to me it's about a decent three star romantic comedy, which um, let's be honest, most romantic comedies are shit these days, which. <laughs> I think this this one will be a pretty is a pretty decent one. You know, it's. it's I've just. I mean, what's the chemistry between the two like? I mean, Peg seems to be playing kind of Peg again. Mm. Um, well, actually, uh, where... he, he does get a lot of meat to it. And it like, he, he's not basically playing like, oh, I'm basically Sean of the Dead. He he is basically playing like a character. Like his character is is forty. He's just going through divorce. He's got all the, all, all these like kind of complication things happening he's like he's got his own issues that he's being kept kept away and that kind of pans out throughout the film the chemistry between the two is actually quite good they bounce off each other quite well throughout the film it's it, it does sync up quite well when like when when even when they they meet they kind of go oh well they you know obviously they are going to end up together it's about the journey mm-hmm. there so it's predictable in that sense but then again that's what romantic comedies are anyway i mean you kind of be like pissed off if they don't end up together because I think, what's the fucking point in that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I have to say, like, I'm obviously not quite. I'm not a big fan of romantic comedies at all. My idea of hell is being forced to watch Dirty Dancing or Pretty Woman with my mother. But <laughs> I, the one, I, I mean, when um, doing Five Hundred Days of Summer came out, I really enjoyed that because they didn't end up together, and it tells you right at the beginning, not they're not going to end up together. I really like that, but my problem with that when you said about the character characterization of Lake Bell as like a little bit of a geek. My problem with like 
the Zoe Deschanel character in 500 Days of Summer is that she was so, like, it was so blatantly, you know, shoved down your throat. Like, she's different, she's kooky, she's weird, she's weird. So is it not like that with Lake Bell? No. Is it just... No, she, more she's, Lake Bell's a lot more s- smarter. She's a lot more, like, she looks a lot like actual someone you'd hang, want to hang around with. She's, you know, Zoe Deschanel is always Zoe Deschanel and everything she's in. Mm. She's basically New Girl. She's like, I'm kooky, I'm, I'm sad, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the bit... manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, she, she's I want to bit... punch her in the face. So yeah, hard. She, she's she's. I mean, like it's in the it's in the trailer anyway. But like when like someone like mentions like she mentions like oh, oh Da Vinci like she talks about oh it's sold X amount of copies. So she said oh yeah, so the Da Vinci Code and and so, oh another great book. She's like no no it really isn't. <laughs> you know, she, she, yeah, exactly. She's that kind of like she's she's with it. She's she's cultured. She knows. A shit kind of thing, but she has a little bit of a, a cynicism. She's a fl- she's flawed, but you know there is a lot of plot to like. It's it's actually quite well rounded in that respect. So, you know, uh, rather than like the standard Catherine Hegel type shit you don't get. I kind of I like Simon Pegg seems to do quite a few of these films. If you think of he was in How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, and there was oh god was it Run Fat Boy Run. Yeah. And he's yeah. not like obviously he doesn't strike you as the atypical romantic leading man kind of. I mean, usually it's like fucking Channing Tatum, isn't it? Really, or Ryan Gosling yeah. in this crap. So I am happy to see him in something different because this is going to sound terrible when I say it, but he's almost more like attainable. Do you know what I mean? He's like a real, a real Person. man. He's not like yeah, he's not like the others, the you know the Zach Efron's and all that kind of thing. Well, so it, I, I it plays like... it more honest with age as well. I mean, you know, they, they, they do make a big point that she's thirty four, he's forty, you know, and and she and he's mm. and and the girl he's literally supposed to meet be supposed to be like a twenty four year old, you know. So there is that kind of they do play that that kind of that age card where it's like, hang on, you aren't you having a midlife crisis trap like four year trying to date like someone who's nearly half your age and that bit, you know. You know, just coming straight out of divorce kind of thing. So it does play a lot with that, and it's that kind of maturity. It's like, well, it's not all just twenty somethings. You know, it's it, it it does feel like more believable. It's a lot more like, well, the, these are characters who have histories, they have a past. You know, they've, you know, they have their own shit that they're trying to deal with. It's not just like, oh, I'm down on love. Oh, Mister Fantastic. Oh, he's gonna ruin me or anything. It's not that kind of thing. So yeah, I'd, yeah. And plus, it's what ninety minutes, so it doesn't really. For the trappings, which is like staying overstaying your welcome, like trying to introduce too many characters, you know. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite quite good. I was actually quite impressed with it. Yeah, it sounds like it's worth a watch, which is good. So the last film we're talking about this week is Dwayne Johnson's new disaster flick, San Andreas. People need to know that the shaking is not over. We'll get hit again, and it's going to be a bigger monster. Earth will literally crack open, and you will feel it on the East Coast. with you. 
my brother keeps every time I talk about San Andreas, he goes, "What GTA?" <laughs> <laughs> like, so San Andreas is your typical disaster film. It's got Dwayne the Rock Johnson in, who is my personal hero. And God, I love the Rock, isn't he? I absolutely, I adore the Rock. I he, love. He was my favorite wrestler when I was. He's watching. still my favorite wrestler. My Freddie, my son, has just started watching wrestling with me. And he's got three favourites. John Cena, obviously, The Big Show, for some bizarre reason, and The Rock. And he's never seen The, never seen the Rock wrestle, but The Rock's one of his favourites. But I digress. He is amazing, though. He's, uh, he's the best person you can take, you can take a stunner. I, <laughs> yeah, so that's very he's, true. He's, he's, you know, it's, it's either that or Vince. Vince was always good at it. <laughs> he sold the stunner so well. It was Mickey just like, in, in the, the most overreacting way ever. He's like, But yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I swear Vince proper did like a headstand once when he got stunned. He was literally on his head for like a good second and then fell. But, so um, The Rock plays a first responder in this who's, it's got your human element, quite similar to 2012. He's just divorced and he's got a teenage daughter he can't connect with and his wife's moved on with a new boyfriend and all that. And Paul Giamatti's in it as a, a size seismologist i believe i've said that right anyway this big earthquake hits san and hits san andreas and shit goes down and buildings fall over and there's more earthquakes and there's tsunamis and tidal waves and all the way through it the rock because i'm not going to call him dwayne johnson because that's not his name is trying to save his daughter the whole way through it's it is what it is but i really enjoyed it i i just everything that you expect it's in the trailer it's there's going to be shit exploding and it's got the rock in it and that's why I went to see it so I was perfectly happy watching it it's the special effects are really good I didn't give a shit about the rock's family if they didn't they went in it and it was just the rock saving people for like an hour and a half I wouldn't have cared I just wouldn't have it that, that didn't bother me I, I really enjoyed it but I do like my disaster films unless except when tidal waves come I I got a really hot fear of water so when the tidal wave came, my eyes actually filled up because that did freak me out that badly. So you're saying San Andreas made you cry? It did, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it made me cry. Also, the day after, I had to cry in the day after tomorrow when the tidal wave came. I can't watch Deep Impact because I cry when the okay. tidal wave comes. I like, but I do like disaster films. But they've all got bleeding tidal waves in all of them. But it, I, I really enjoyed this, and it's probably going to make quite a bit of money. I was actually watching um, The Tooth Fairy this afternoon with The Rock in, which is, like I think, one of like the first films he made after he started being a full-time actor. And you can really tell how his acting has improved. And you can also tell how much fucking muscle he's gained from The Tooth Fairy to now. He looks like a completely different person. It's so strange. <laughs> he, I... he bulked up a lot for uh, Pain and Gain, though, didn't he? Yeah, and I just don't think he's ever stopped. Oh, no. <laughs> like I follow him on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and he's just constantly like working out. And I'm like, Dwayne lad, it's four o'clock in the morning. Go back to bed. Honestly, just give it a rest for one day. You'll be fine. But I really enjoyed this. I really, really enjoyed it. It was just really good to just sit there and just switch off my brain and just watch shit get blown up. That was it. <laughs> shit not... get destroyed. Shit off. Breaking's flattened, man. I love it. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say this is a great film. No. I mean, it's. I mean, for, start, for starters, it's completely stupid, and it's, <laughs> it and, totally it's, and, it's and it's completely cliche ridden. I like yeah. every other cliche. Yeah. You can think. You, you, you think it's, it's cliche number right? 
101 uh, in like literally like even from like uh the the assistant who who, who dies but he, but he dies saving a girl in the nick of time you know if yeah if, if, if he hadn't stopped and saved the girl he probably wouldn't survive but he saved the girl when died had a, like a it's, it's that kind of it's literally like oh no he's running out of time and tosses her right you know and, and tosses her into in the safety just as he falls to his death but it's fun it's just it's just brainless like okay it's it's the rock He's 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 a helicopter pilot. Oh, he's flying a plane. Oh, we can't land. Oh, right, we'll parachute out. Right, <laughs> it's sound, and it's got Kylie in it. So, what more do you want? Yeah, it was like a third. Kylie. Kylie. <laughs> it's not, is it? No, it's not. No, it is. It's not. Yeah, is, is, is that? <laughs> it was. That was really quite strange, though. And but was yeah. she doing an American accent as well? I couldn't. I, she was. I, I think I so. She wasn't in it. Her. She wasn't in it long enough for me to decide whether no. it was a good accent or not. <laughs> I think if you have to think about it, then it's probably not. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but I was just too distracted by the fact that... Is that Kylie? That's <laughs> <laughs> what I couldn't quite tell. I think, it, yeah, like you said, it's every cliche in the book. But, and it like, it's it's not a brilliant film. But it's just, it's it's solid. Do you know? It's a solid, it's a solid six. That's what I would say. Yeah. It's, you know what you're getting. And, yeah, you've got, like... The whole thing with his family, like it just that reminded me so much of 2012, and the fact that him and his wife reconcile and her boyfriend like literally died like 20 minutes ago, and I'm like, you need to fast there. To like... be fair, she she wouldn't have known she that that entire film. They have no idea that what happens to him at all. No, so see, she's like she didn't even grieve for him or not, and she didn't think maybe he's out there looking for me. No, well, well she's like, well, she, it was like you left my daughter. Well. Yeah, fuck you. So that, that, and it it's the Rock. You know what I mean. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Mike, but I would leave you for the Rock if you looked at me twice. I'm sorry, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get so much shit when he hears this. It's okay, he keeps saying that he's gonna marry Emma Stone and Rachel McAdams, so it's fine. I've accepted that. Together. He wish he wishes he was that lucky. Uh, if I had a girlfriend and if the Rock turned up and said like, yeah, by the way, I'm I'm totally. You, you, you misses out like fair play, <laughs> absolutely fair, fair enough. I like I'm not even that mad. I can't even blame her. To be honest with you, you could argue with a little bit in hopes that he rock blossoms yet. Because how cool would that be? <laughs> and I then die. Really yeah, you, uh, uh, yeah, but what a way to go though. It's... Yeah, just the rocks. That's your last image. The rocks standing over you, giving you the eyebrow. Yeah, talking trashy, <laughs> but calling you a jabroni, and you're just like, that's it now. People's elbow, just like yeah. bang. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's what was missing from this lack of people's elbows. <laughs> See, that's what, that's one thing I do like about Fast and Furious when he gives he does put a rock bottom in to save like, them as I, well. I, I deep down to that, I was like. I'm always a big fan when you see the rock because there's a good chance he will do a wrestling move <laughs> in the film. <laughs> Why else would you hire him? Rock bottom him, rock bottom him. Don't care if it's not in the script. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I child right yeah, now. Yeah, I almost want GR to just like come out, just just literally come out now and go rock bottom. Oh my god! Oh my god, he's broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I... stop this! This is sick. He's got a family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Just overreactions all the time. Uh... <laughs> San Andreas. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and I. I mean, it's you not know. a lot to say about it other than that. Like, it's just stupid, but it's just fun. It's yeah. not a lot. Mm. 
Uh, definitely. I mean, if it's a proper popcorn film, as yeah. you know, you're not going to come out and be a better person for watching it or not. On, but sometimes you don't either. Yeah. And, sometimes and, you and, just want to see The Rock. And The Rock is a very reassuring guy. He's he's, he's very calming, isn't he? I find nice... his presence on screen calming. Yes, he's like. Oh. Because you know what? He could save you from a building that's collapsing on top of you because he's that bleeding big. Yeah. Like, I, I convinced that he's like Superman or something and he could hold a building above me. So I find him reassuring. And he's he's a proper, like, action hero now, isn't he? He's, he's I mean, the size of him and stuff. Mm. But I do think he's got the charisma and he's, his acting skill has improved and stuff. So I do, he's, he's a legitimate actor in my eyes now. But well, obviously, what wrestling, wrestlers are, really. Yeah. I know, but if you compare him to, like, say, uh, John Cena in The Marine or... Triple H and oh, what the hell was it called? There's some shit on Netflix with them in. Oh, I don't the thing. Chaperone. The chaperone. That's it. And the big shows being a knucklehead and things like that. <laughs> I compare The Rock to them. Yeah. And those performances. I you know he, he's he's a he's a legitimate actor now, and and I wish him all the success in the world because I love him, and I'd be really sad if he suddenly if he suddenly started making really terrible films. I'd be really sad. But he won't, because he'll just be in Fast and Furious films for the rest of his life, every two years. Which as is he go into me. Fast and Furious, Back to the Future, you know what I mean? Where he goes back and starts racing the original, like, first car ever and stuff like that. <laughs> I've no problems with that, just carry on. In space. <laughs> yeah, oh, we were talking about this, were we? In space, on the moon. Mission to Mars. I'm just going to drive all the way there. <laughs> on the new, like, intergalactic highway. <laughs> anyway, after that madness... That's all from us this week. I'd like to thank Leslie and Chris for joining me. And so thank you guys. It's been fun, even though we went no totally problem. off topic more than once. <laughs> so we should. It's a podcast, <laughs> <at all. laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.